Hello and welcome to the Silver King's War. I'm Michael Sievers, the writer, producer, and creator of this podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Today we continue with the King's writing from March of 1945 at A-72 in northern France. As he writes to his family on March 12th, 1945. Dearest ones, now that I'm back, the past glorious week seems like only a dream. I realize now that I had completely forgotten what really living was like. Before I left, I was almost used to this hole, but now I'm going to have to become acclimated all over again. A true description would be going from the sublime to the ridiculous. Oh, well, c'est la guerre. After having an extra day and a half there, we arrived here late last night. I was much too tired to write. Finding two letters from you, however, certainly helped to ease the awful letdown. I'm so glad you're keeping well. Mother, I'm very proud of you for helping at the Y and also going to the Red Cross. I do think it grand for offering your services. I am surprised to hear of Lee being classified 1A again. I had thought and certainly hoped he was permanently deferred. Gee, I only hope he won't be called up. No, I haven't seen Arthur since our first meeting. I know the day he is free but it seems each week something prevents my going. For instance, this Wednesday I am on group duty again, and it is impossible for me to get away. Perhaps I will see him next week. And don't you worry about me changing as he did. I assure you I will return the same person as when I left. I also received two more boxes from you, which is evident from the stationery, and which I do appreciate. I haven't eaten any of it yet, but it looks like it will be delicious. The stationery came just in time, too, although as yet I haven't received the bars and can't understand why. Enclosed are a couple of postcards which will give you a better idea of what Khan looks like. Of course, it has changed quite a bit since the war, but remains as yet a most beautiful place. You can see how my hotel was located on the water's edge and what a luxurious place it was. My room was on the fourth floor overlooking the beach and the sea. The shoreline is of horseshoe shape, and the other picture was taken from one tip looking towards the hotels. The color doesn't exaggerate the beauty of the place. In fact, the structures of the houses on the hillside remind me a great deal of the houses in Hollywood. I can imagine how very expensive a vacation here in peacetime must have been, and to think I had it all for only a dollar a day, and how I wish I was back there now. Everything is the same here. The weather is nice, but nothing compared to what it was there. 
I got a swell tan, and all day guys have been asking me about it. I wish you would try to find me some embroidered wings to put on my blouse. I've had a battle jacket made, and they would look swell on it. I could get them in London, but I doubt I'll get there for a long time to come. Also, please send me some more bars, and of course, the food is always welcome. Only this time, please send more cheese. By the way, I received a membership card to the Zionist organization. Is that an honor of some sort? Thanks again for the sweet letters and the swell boxes. Please keep well. I'm fine and thinking of you constantly. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. The Silver King's return from Cannes is, of course, a natural letdown after a remarkable time on the shoreline of the Mediterranean Sea. He's wistful and remembering those days and nights as he writes to his family about the new day-to-day and asking for a few extra things. He really appreciates all the boxes and the letters as he writes to his family on March 15th, 1945. Dearest ones, all good things come in bunches, as is evident from the five letters I received tonight. These are the first all week, so are really appreciated. The oldest is dated Feb 10, and the latest is March 4, and each one is sweeter than the one before. I also have two letters from Leona and one from Lena. Consequently, this has been a wonderful night for me. Receiving so much news really takes me back there. It seems each day I forget more and more what it was like in the States. So continue keeping me informed, and I won't forget completely. I'm glad you're receiving my letters and have my check for Jane. I'm sorry you didn't get to buy her something. Perhaps you will later. It surprises me that you regret not knowing my feelings earlier. Would you have consented to our marriage? The midnight curfew must have hurt the fellows at the club, but I'm glad for your sake, as I know it makes you happier. At first, I didn't think it would affect a private club, but it's a good patriotic gesture. Also, I think it's grand you're doing so much Red Cross work. I'm extremely proud of you being on the committee, and I hope you made a good haul. The people should surely realize and appreciate their work for the boys over here. From Leona's description, Margie must be a little doll. Since she looks like Lee, she must be a beautiful baby with those blue eyes, but no hair? I do hope she will send some pictures soon of all of them. Aunt Lena says she plans to go up there during the spring, and Leona expects you there also. It would be swell if you could go up together and would break their loneliness at home. That is, if both of you go. Then maybe I could get pictures of all of you. I've flown three missions since my last letter, so I've been pretty busy 
Thank God the news continues to look good. My guess is that by May, we will see the end of this mess. That's only my opinion, though everything seems to be in my favor. Anyhow, it helps to think and believe along those lines, even though some people say it isn't good to be too optimistic. I would surely like to spend the summer at home. That would be heaven. The weather is nice now, though not as nice as it was at the Riviera, but you couldn't compare the two places. I'm fine in thinking of you constantly, hoping you're well and not too lonesome. Love to Ida. I have 18. I love you and miss you, Stan. Stanley is happy to report that his war is keeping him busy, and he continues to love the news from home and hoping for more pictures and being grateful for the letters and boxes. And the king is feeling optimistic about the war in Europe. He's imagining being home for the summer after his work is done. As he writes to his family on March 17, 1945, Dearest Ones, We had a swell mail delivery again as I received four more letters from you with one dated as recent as March 4. If every day could be as grand, then all would be okay, as mail is all I ever look forward to. You're so sweet to write every day. I do appreciate it as a letter is like being at home again. It brings you so close to me. What more can I ask? It's swell that Albert Sugarman is home now after such a long time overseas. I can well imagine his happiness. I, too, am anxious of if, God forbid, I should remain here for two years. My hopes and dreams are that someday soon I shall call you and say, Well, Mom and Dad, here I am in New York. Come and take me home. That is my utmost ambition, to go home, to live again with and near my loved ones in the manner which I was accustomed before all this mess started. You know, I've often wondered what it will be like to be home whether I've changed or if I'll find things change there. I know it will take time for me to acclimate myself, but I only wonder if everything will be the same as when I left. I guess it will be the little things which we'll both notice. After all, living under such conditions as are prevalent here are bound to bring about some changes in a man. The sort of changes I'm sure only a close relationship previously can find. Then there will be the small things about home life which I have forgotten and which will seem new to me. About the best description I can find is that it will be like coming out of a long, deep sleep, awakening into a new world. You'll have to forgive me writing this way. Sometimes the craziest things enter my mind, and this just happens to be one of those times. Don't get the idea that I've changed. I guess I just have too much time to think. Thanks loads for the sweet wishes upon my promotion. 
Yes, it was a great deal of self-satisfaction, but even more now that I know Jerome is still a second. I was always angry because he graduated before I did, after I had to wait a year for mine. I still haven't received the bars. They certainly should be here if you sent them first class. Consequently, I still don't have any of my own. So please send me more bars along with more stationery when you get the chance. The stationery goes awfully fast since I'm writing all the time. No, Bill never came here as he said he might. I have a letter from him saying he went to Belgium instead. He promised to come down the next time he gets a pass. He also had some bad news, which he did receive from home. His mother had one of her legs amputated as the result of a fall during the icy weather there. He tried to get a leave to go home, but it was refused. It certainly is the most pitiful thing I've heard yet. Every time you say you have been to Temple, I get a warm feeling all over. I know you're praying for me, and that's all the encouragement I need. Surely the good Lord can't refuse to answer the golden hearts of two of his sweetest people. Please continue to attend services for my sake. Since my last letter, I have flown another mission. They are piling up but there is still a long, hard road to travel. Nonetheless, I'm fine in thinking of you constantly, praying you'll stay well. Don't be too lonesome. I have to laugh that Dave and Theo aren't speaking to Frank and Rose. It's the silliest thing and most childish. Won't that family ever grow up? Please keep writing. Love to Ida. I love you and miss you, Stan. Our hero, the Silver King, is thinking a little bit more about being home as he continues to work hard in his war. He's imagining how things will be different, or perhaps they'll seem the same. But he will be a changed man whenever he returns home. And we have reached the end of the second part of Stanley's letters, Dearest Ones, from March of 1945 in northern France. And you are listening to The Silver King's War.